Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Geeks of the Machine, Supernatural Edition. I'm your host, Jasmine, and today we have Adelaide. Hello, Adelaide. Hello, Jasmine. And we're going to be going over Supernatural Season 5. And there's quite a few things that happened this season, specifically. Like, this was a overload of everything. The first thing that we're going to talk about is... Misha Collins being promoted to a series regular. And that was mostly because, like Adelaide, everyone loves him. Everybody loves him. Why Why is that a bad thing? <laughs> so, everybody was like... Apparently, they didn't even expect him to be around this long. Because they didn't expect him to be as lovable as he was. So, remember, actors out there, there are no small roles, just small parts. <laughs> um. So... Fun facts for this season. This season featured the 100th episode. Five seasons? Wow. Wow, and these episodes are 20... These seasons are 22 episodes long, so yeah. Hmm. And this was the only season to feature every single Archangel. And the episode 99 Problems was actually the 99th episode. Fun facts that really don't matter. <laughs> well, they're still fun. That's the point of fun facts. <laughs> um, so this season kicks off with Sam and Dean being targets for both heaven and hell now. <laughs> because Maybe this hell, is the season I start rolling my eyes really hard. Hell wasn't just enough. Now heaven is like we have to get our hands on you as well. Um, Sam is the vessel for Lucifer and Dean is the vessel for Michael and they are destined to have a death match for the Earth. And if Dean refuses Lucifer, Lucifer, if Dean refuses, Lucifer will destroy the human race with the four horsemen. And if Sam agrees, it just speeds up Lucifer's plans. So basically, Sam really doesn't have any real consequence besides the fact that he'll destroy the Earth with Lucifer's help. What are your thoughts, Annalise? I mean, uh, okay, this is going to be really, really nitpicky, but since you've already covered it, can I, I really hate the way they say the Michael sword. <laughs> I really, I know this really nitpicky, but I hate that phrase. Every time they say it, I'm like, no, that's, that's not how you speak. Stop it. <laughs> and it's just so irritating. Is that just me? Am I the only one that's bothered by the phrase the Michael sword? Like, no, it's Michael's sword. You don't have to say the Michael sword. I don't know. They're angels. Maybe they're beyond our capabilities. Fine. Maybe they we speak just Enochian don't understand. And it's, a, it's a language barrier. <laughs> Fine. I will just, I will give you that justification <laughs> if that's it. Um, but this season, we also see Anna escapes from Heaven's prison, which has to be epic. I would have loved to see how she escaped from Heaven's prison. Yeah, that had to be cool. Although like, Castiel does say something about she wouldn't they she couldn't have gotten out without a reason and mm -hmm. if she got out they let her out mm -hmm. so even if it was like an epic escape and they like kind of guided her through it or didn't go after her to flux it still would have been cool to see exactly like if we watch Shawshank I'm sure we could watch this <laughs> like and I'm sure it wouldn't contain a mile long of feces but then again who knows <laughs> ah. um Ultimately, she tries to go kill Sam because no vessel, no apocalypse, which makes perfect sense. And I don't know why anyone else wasn't trying to do that. I mean, 
doesn't Sam at some point say she has a point and is like, you know, that's not the worst oppor that's not the worst thing in the world, but you know, the supernatural bros are the Winchester bros are immortal now. They're exhausting, is what they are. Um, but ultimately Cassiel is like, No, you can't do this. I love the Winchesters. And she's like, You sold me out. Since when did you grow a conscience? Since I've been around the Winchesters and they promoted me to series regular. They promoted me to Team Pet. I have to love them now. <laughs> I still love Castile. Don't get me wrong. He is a pet, though. Like they've got a little angel on a leash. Let's not let's not mince words here. That's what it is. Well, he's a huge angel. Okay, they have a huge <laughs> angel on a leash, but still. But ultimately, she's like, "Fine, you won't let me kill them. Then I'll go back." And why does every angel have the ability to go back in time? I really hate their time travel episodes. <laughs> Just. I don't like how it's always, every single time travel episode is, well, we couldn't do it. Nothing changes. Great. Give me the hour back I just watched then. <laughs> well, no, I think things changed. The problem is that they cop out with the whole, we'll just erase everyone's memory so no one remembers this happened except you. Thanks. Like, that's where it becomes, it's no point. But the only change is that Sam and Dean get to meet their family and see them before they are even born. Which would probably be depressing to me, simply because they're happy and better. Yeah, and I really, <laughs> really hated seeing um seeing John Winchester's whole personality about, wow, who would put a kid through this? And I would never want this for my sons. I'm like, wow. Wow. See, and I, I like that. I found that interesting. Simply because John was like, I am better. Like, and I want to be better. And to see him go from optimistic to, like, I have to harden you to the world so you can survive because I lost your mother. That would be an interesting transition. Yeah, and I would have liked to see him, you know, it's it's pretty, it is clear in uh, John's character motivation that, you know, it was, it was entirely spurred by the death of their mother. And we could go into how, you know, stop killing female characters to motivate guys, please. Um, but also... I don't like, think this season is really a good time to no, mention this, that. <laughs> I don't think this show is a good time, ever a good time to mention that. Um, but... Just in general, like, I, I don't know. I Having, seeing John act like that, and then knowing what he becomes, it's it's a little heartbreaking in a way for me. See, I don't know, because when I think about him, I think about Graham's in the charms. And ultimately, she becomes how she is from the death of her husband. So it's interesting because both of them are motivated by deaths that could have been prevented had they been stronger, better, faster, whatever. Or, you know, Castiel let them keep their memory, and then maybe John would have been better equipped for that. Well, ultimately, Michael kills Anna and takes all way their memories. Okay, true. But still, had, you know, <laughs> insert angel here. Let them keep it. <laughs> and Anna died gruesomely. Like, he burned her alive. I liked Anna, so I'm a little saddened by that. But, I mean, not in this season. I didn't I was like about to say, because in this form, she was just... No, she was terrible she, this one, yeah. but... But she also didn't get the time that Cassiel did to betray them and then be redeemed. Um, anything else you want to say about Anna? No, go ahead. 
Uh, then we have Bobby, who is this season wheelchair bound because he had to have a fight with a demon and stab himself. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny, but that's the most anticlimactic way to be paralyzed. I'm trying to figure out how that worked out. What did he stab? What did he cut that put him in the wheelchair? I honestly don't remember. But I remember, like, he held, he stabbed himself with the demon blade to get the demon out of him. And the demon fled, which was the first time we see that the demon blade doesn't kill all demons. And then he's paralyzed after everything that happened. Was it? I'm just, you know, going out on a limb. Is it because the, uh, the demon blade... Does it have to be a lethal... It doesn't have to be a lethal blow with the demon blade. So, assuming... Does... I guess the demon ran. The ran he ran and it could have been a lethal blow, but had it been straight up lethal blow, do you think the demon would have died? Um probably cuz we've seen like the little light flash and they die. So, I don't I don't know. But ultimately Bobby's in a wheelchair and his house like his house apparently overnight was wheelchair accessible. Because I don't see, like, we saw his steps. We didn't see a little wheelchair thing on there. I don't know how he's, like, levitating around. Like, I don't know if he is full-blown X-Men. And also, he's not the, I'm I'm messy, but he's, like, super, he's not the most organized person in the world. I've got my own stack of books everywhere, but that's not, that's not a wheelchair-friendly environment alone. Mm Mm-mm. And also, he lives by himself, so yeah, so he'd have to he would have to pick up to, all that on his own, and he not can't just really that, do that. And he, he has, has to, to go get upstairs. Stuff, right, that's what I was thinking. He has to get stuff from upstairs, like and get stuff from really high up. And, and he lives like, like out in the middle of freaking nowhere. Yeah, ugh, I'm telling you, I love that we're just poking holes in this <laughs> for like. <laughs> but anyway, Bobby's in a wheelchair, <laughs> and this season. We also have his wife rise from the dead. And ultimately he has to kill her again. Because she's a zombie who eats flesh. I hated that episode. Was it just me? I don't remember why exactly I hated it. But there was something. I think it was just like a really minor little detail. That I really. That just like tainted the rest of that episode for me. I think what I didn't like about this episode was Jody. And her son was the one who was eating flesh. And I was just like, Yeah, I think that may have been it. Because, you know, the son rises from the dead and kills the husband and eats him. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, and think about that. Your son kills your husband. And then you have to kill your son after you just got him back. Yeah, that's really sad. Poor Jody. I'm telling you. The women, you're right. This season is very, like... I think it's the show. And... I don't know what season it is, so, uh, but I know Misha Collins calls it out at one point, too. Mm. Yeah, this show is very not pro-women. No. Poor women. Good writing, but, you know. Mm, true. Um, Bobby is forced to kill his wife again, because initially he had to kill her. Like, and even she, like, once she turns, is like, Do you gonna, are you going to kill me again, Bobby? I'm only dead because of you, Bobby. It was awful and I loved it. Yeah, see, that part was... Well, I don't want to say that part was fun, but that one was... That was good character development from Bobby. It was good to see the 
the history that got him into hunting because it was it was his wife's death. Hmm, that's a convenient plot point there, Supernatural, uh, that got him into it. So it's nice to it's it's not nice, but seeing it is and seeing it haunt Bobby is fun. Well, to play devil's advocate, <laughs> they in this, season, as, in this show really <laughs> the everyone's motivated by some death. Literally, every hunter you meet is motivated by someone dying. Usually a child or the spouse. I'd be fine with that if we had a little bit more even balance in, like, the sexes of the hunters here. Well, most of the woman dies, so... Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> um, then we meet Bobby's friend this season, Rufus. And he's out hunting with Joe. Joe is Ellen's daughter. Ellen was the woman who was friends with Sam and Dean's father. And this is how we meet one of the deadly sins. Joe, we meet war this way. Joe and Rufus are trying to kill each other because they're each thinking that the other's possessed. Did you like this, um, um, this introduction to Joe trying to join the world of hunting and Rufus? You cut out right at the question, so I'm going to have to have you ask, ask that again. Did you like this introduction to Joe and Rufus hunting? Um, I liked it a little bit. I mean, I'm not... I don't dislike Joe. Um, I just... And I don't dislike Rufus that much either, but I really do like the... Um, I really do like War and the Four Horsemen. Hold on. We'll get there. No. Now. <laughs> I want to get there now. <laughs> we can talk about Ward immediately next since he's the reason that Joe and Rufus are hunting. But do you like Rufus and Joe as a hunting team? Yeah, I do. Um, I guess a little bit. I don't know. I feel like Rufus is more of a solo hunter. But mm -hmm. other than that, it's not much. And Joe and Ellen... Um, Ellen basically doesn't want her daughter to be a hunter because she's seen the life. And yeah. Joe is out there like, yeah, I want to do what dad used to do. I'm going to do it anyway. Because I know better, were you, right? Were you surprised? Well, she's a teenager, so teenagers always know everything. Don't take that out of context, teenagers. <laughs> no, you know what, teenagers? While you know everything, go out and do your best. Live your best life. Who needs someone to pay your bills? <laughs> you got this. You know it all. But did you like the introduction of Joe and her desire to be like her father? Um, yes, mostly because I want more. I want more female hunters, but I don't like the know-it-all teenagers. I was a know-it-all teenager and I was a horrible little know-it-all teenager, so I don't like them now. <laughs> um, but this this introduces war. The the one of the four horsemen and war's physical appearance we don't know simply because he resumes a human persona or he takes a human persona named roger and he is such a good actor that everyone around him thinks that he is roger he is deceitful highly intelligent and likes to cause chaos from the shadows manipulating people with their own emotions and letting them take care of the rest did you like this interpretation of war I think you cut out again. 
Sorry. <laughs> Did you like this version of war? I loved this version of war. Um, and I know this is stupid and playing right into the writer's hands for this, but the red horse that he had, yeah, I was living for that. I loved that. I don't care if well, it's a Mustang. I just, I liked it. Eh. Um, and his ability is to cause illusions so that people can kill each other. And each group thinks that the other is possessed by demons. Which, I think that was a bit of a cop-out, but I enjoyed that. What I enjoyed War as a whole. I also think that his power was great. I would have loved to see his true form, but I appreciated that War is a master of deception. Yeah, I agree with that too. I also appreciate that it was like, that it was an illusion. It was, it was a manipulation to send them into battle and to send them into a war instead of a, um, an outright, instead of like an actual reason, it was, well, you've got these two sides, both of them are misperceiving the other and they're fighting over this misperception. Mm-hmm. Um, then we also have the amazing Chuck who appears in a few places this season. Um, one is with the help of Becky, Chuck's girlfriend. Also, Spoilers. side note. No, that happened this season. No, I know, but it's like the end of an episode that it starts. Side note. How would you feel? Because as far as Becky, she's a super fan of this, and that's why she's having sex with Chuck, I assume. But how would you feel if you found out that your boyfriend was a prophet of the Lord. That would be really weird. That'd be really <laughs> weird. Of course, she already like sees Sam and Dean. Right. For the like real selves. Actual... Right. So she probably, but she could also think that they're just character that like he just based them off of two people he knows. That would be a very writer thing to do anyway. So. Right. So I think that's what she thinks, but she has a crush on Sam and Dean. It's, I don't know, because, like, as a person, I don't know how I would feel if the person that I am with is a prophet. Well, I have to say, as an atheist, that would be a real <laughs> shocker. <laughs> like, I have some life choices to reconsider. Uh, That's funny, because we're going to mention something later <laughs> about an, a lovely atheist. <laughs> Um, but ultimately he tells, um, Sam and Dean that there's a weapon that can kill Lucifer. It's Michael's sword, blah, 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 blah. And that's how Dean finds out that he himself is Michael's sword because no one can, no one has said, Hey, the sword is a person, which as a, as a prophet, wouldn't you, like, wouldn't you have got a vision of the prophet? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a prophet. So, <laughs> I guess you only see what they allow you to see. Or it comes in weird visions that you have to decipher. I don't know. It... Hmm. I mean, we all... if we want to, if you know, religion's never clear. You always have to, I guess God, you know, speaks in mysterious ways and you have to figure out what the hell they're trying to say before you can actually get anywhere. Well, also, most of the people don't write things down until a hundred years later, so. 
<laughs> I mean. That, and if it comes to you in, like, a dream form, good luck waking up at 3 a.m. and writing that down. <laughs> um, we also, this season, get a supernatural convention where we have people role-playing as Sam and Dean. And they critique the actual Sam and Dean. Did you like that? Yes. I thought it was really cute and very entertaining to watch Sam and Dean's reaction to it. Um, I wasn't... I don't know how I necessarily like the way they portray various cosplayers, but... <laughs> well, I, I think I could, that's the typical... I could leave typical... that to my friends who cosplay a little more than I do. I think that's the typical way that cosplayers are portrayed. Yeah. So they kind of went with a stereotype versus... I've seen quite a few cosplayers that are either, one, overtly sexual, or two, they take this very seriously as a craft. Or both. <laughs> so, it's just interesting that they didn't go with, like, because these were, oh, one of them was overweight, correct? Yes. Um... And the other, like, he was supposed to be Dean. Uh, the overweight one was Dean, and then the taller, skinny one was Sam. Sam. The main, the main two that we see anyway. Mm-hmm. I and it's really their names. Yeah, I, I don't think it mattered. Okay. It was really funny though, simply because the guy was like, "That's a horrible Dean impression." Like, <laughs> um, impression. <laughs> uh. We also have Castiel searching for God this season. Which I think this season would have been funny if Castiel was just out there like looking for God and bumped into the person who ultimately is identified as God. That actually really would have been funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he has a pendant conveniently this pendant that dean has had all his life that i don't remember before this season do you uh that's the one sam for as a christmas present in the christmas episode thing when they're little kids uh that's the one he gave dean he originally was going to give it to their dad and he found out that dean went and stole christmas gifts from the neighbor house <laughs> by the hotel the two little girl <laughs> gifts and he was like okay i didn't know they had a daughter and um Sam gives him the gift instead of giving it to their dad. Mm. Well, this pendant is able to locate God. Conveniently, it lights up in the presence of God. That's weird. Especially since, you know, little kid probably picked it up at a gas station and then gave it to his slightly <laughs> older brother. Exactly. But hey, God, pendant. Got it? Yeah. Um... He goes searching, and Raphael basically tells Castiel, God is dead. Stop looking. Stop hunting. God is dead. It's just us now. Which would have to be the most interesting aspect of this. Because those are the oldest children of God that are accepted widely. The archangels. And for him to say, yeah, he's dead. He's never coming back. Stop it. That's like telling your little, your younger sibling, Santa's not coming. Did you um, like that aspect of Adelaide? Um, as a horrible heathen atheist? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I really did, actually. I feel like Supernatural's um, very critical of religion in these 
in seasons four and five and it by saying god is dead is actually that's really really one of their major critiques they have angels they have demons but no god's gone sorry well i mean i have to go with as a christian i gotta go as a christian from i love this show but people call me a bad christian so whatever (laughs) um hello christian friends that like it too (laughs) but i love this interpretation simply because it explains god is basically an absentee dad he's like yeah uh this weekend you're with your mother and i'm never coming back i'm going to get some cigarettes and I'll just send you a child support check every month. I liked it. I enjoyed that aspect of it. And it's interesting, though, that all of... Hmm? I had to pause and wheeze when you said when you made that comparison. <laughs> all of the kids are like, yeah, uh, except for the very youngest, which would be humans, are basically like, yeah, dad's gone. Never coming back. <laughs> Um, and we also get Dean basically saying, you know what, I am tired of Sam and his shenanigans. I don't trust him. I can't be around him. And Sam and Dean go their separate ways. I was thrilled. I don't think there's anything that could have thrilled me more than this episode. When Sam is like, yeah, I don't trust you. And, um, I mean, Dean is like, I don't trust you. And Sam's like, I don't trust myself. Okay, what are we doing here then? <laughs> Do you think this was um, authentic character development? Uh, yeah, I absolutely think so. I think it shows, you know, Dean has this undying love for his little brother. And saying, you know, I feel like when he says I forgive you but I don't trust you, I feel like what he what he wants to say is I want to forgive you and I want to trust you, but I cannot right now because you kinda started the apocalypse, you dumbass. And um Because you listen to a demon and not me. And not me. <laughs> and um Sam on like on the flip side you have Sam saying, Yeah, I don't trust myself either because I was stupid. And that is that to me shows that, you know, not only Sam's ultimate regret and that he does intend to make it up to Dean, although I personally don't know that he could. Um, yeah, how do you make up starting the apocalypse? Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of bull. <laughs> but the, um, it in general, it's a really good character development for both of them because the whole core of the show is their love for each other. And then you have this wedge between them that was caused basically by a crazy girlfriend. I wouldn't say she was a crazy girlfriend. She was a driven girlfriend and Sam was blinded by the V. Okay. Manipulative (laughs) girlfriend. How's that? Yes. Okay. Yes. I will accept that. (laughs) Uh, We also get this season, Sam trying to have a normal life with Jessica, the girl who works at a bar. First of all, Sam has a, he was in college. I don't know why he didn't go back to college, even if it's just him enrolling and trying to do that. Like, how much debt must Sam have? That is my thought. Like, for him to just be like, yeah, I'll just work at this diner. I mean, he's already racking up credit card fraud. Who cares about debt at this point? Well, no. Sam has a degree. Well, technically, he's dead at this point, but... (laughs) Debt forgiven. (laughs) 
but it's just I don't know that was my first thought like you have a degree or you're like he has a law he was working towards his law degree which means that he has at least a bachelor degree and he passed so, the bar really really well too he got a really high score if I remember correctly exactly so you're telling me that you the best you could do is work at a you are a master forger you couldn't forge a document with a different last name. I know, right? Why not just go become some weird supernatural lawyer? <laughs> but or a paralegal at the very least. I want to see a series where Sam grows up and becomes a supernatural lawyer. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> supernatural Seuss, law Seuss edition. <laughs> he sues demons on behalf of the people they possess. <laughs> Today we're going against hell itself. Are you ready? um but yeah sam tries to live a normal life and demons come in which also begs the question why was he able to go off to college for so long and demons not come in did he just ignore the demon attacks that happened at his school I got nothing for that. If you're waiting for an answer, I got nothing like, for that. <laughs> that was my first because if you are only gone like two weeks and demons are already attacking, like sure we could say it's because heaven and hell are after you, but you're telling me in a four to six year period, no demons attack anyone who you knew or cared about? Or Especially did you when just... you have like the stink of Winchester on you because it's... you know they're drawn to that like sharks to blood. <laughs> right. <laughs> But yeah, sure, completely believable. We're not we're not going back to season one, but I'm I'm side eyeing. Um, but he gets attacked and realizes that he can't have a normal life. Blah blah blah. blah. I'm a Winchester. I have to be normal, but not really. I can't be normal, even though I really want to be. Hmm. Um, did you like that episode? Uh, a little. I liked um. I liked the addiction references and him kind of learning how to live with that. But other than that, I didn't care for the rest of it. Hmm. Well, speaking of addiction, during this season, Sam realizes that he is addicted to demon blood again, even though he hasn't had it in a very long time. It just resurges out of nowhere. He's been around several demons, slayed several demons. But suddenly, I need a fix now. So it was just very much like, what are we doing, Sam? Is that the one from Famine, or is that a different one that I'm thinking of? Yeah, it's Famine. Oh, okay. Well, that's caused by another. It's caused by one of the four horsemen. I think like normal people don't eat themselves to death in the middle of sex. So. Nah. Who knows what kind of thing kinks people are into, Adelaide? Don't kink shame. I'm kink shaming. I'm kink shaming that one. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of famine, famine is the only um horseman who uh, manifests himself physically as a sick, crippled old man. Did you like that this manifestation of famine? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I felt like it was kind of predictable when you know famine as a sickly old man. He's, he had the oxygen tank and everything, and um, famine has the white horse i think um yeah fam is the white horse yeah the white horse um pestilence is the gray horse um 
I don't know. I felt like Famine was possibly a little on the stereotypical side with the the sickly aspect of him. Um, but I did like the... I liked the plot development that it had by giving Sam that that addiction resurgence and that um, that need for demon blood that suddenly came up with the effects of famine on him uh, and how that explained uh, his role in the upcoming war between heaven and hell, blah, 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 blah. And I also like the little reference about Dean. Eh. Um, oh, famine was also the embodiment of true hunger because he was always hungry. He had, had a lack of nourishment that made him angry and he was intolerant of failure. And he would instantly eat anyone who failed him. So <laughs> that was famine. Did you like him? He was like, creepy. Like he, I, I, I found him a little creepy. But <laughs> what's creepy about a guy who eats anyone who fails him? <laughs> I was about to make like a corporation joke there. <laughs> Um, also, famine harvests the souls of people he killed and consumes them. That is how he is constantly fed. And if he goes too long without eating, he will die. Well, that's an easy fix then, isn't it? <laughs> um, and Sam decides that he's going to use his power on, on famine, his demon power. And famine's like, ha ha ha, that won't work on me. And instead of killing the horsemen, Sam uses his power to destroy the demons that Famine just swallowed, basically killing Famine. So that, that was... I like. I like <laughs> the I like the twist ending there, but but I don't know. My I lost my train of thought there. I don't know. I just I like that train. I like that that idea of well, I can't kill you, but you've got a bunch of demon souls that I can destroy in you. And now you're ultimately malnourished. So, bye. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I thought it was an interesting turn of events. But I also was just... Sam was very annoying to me. Like, I guess his greatest desire was to have demon blood. Well, it was... I don't know if it's desire... Well, it, I guess desire is possibly what they wanted. But it was something that they're hungering for and then making them need that one. Mm. And um, that's why Castiel was chowing down on red meat all the time, even though he was an <laughs> angel and he doesn't need to do that. But that wasn't him. That was Jimmy who wanted red meat. Yeah. How alive is Jimmy in there? Well, they're basically passengers in their life. They're there. You could hear them. That's they sad. see what's going on, but they just can't do anything. Yeah, that's sad. Especially as much as Castiel dies. If we're being honest. Well, and after he dies, like, you'd think what at some point Jimmy? Jimmy's, Jimmy's not there anymore at some point. Mm -hmm. You'd think it'd be the first time, but I guess not. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also have Paris Hilton appear in this season. Did you like the appearance of Paris Hilton? Okay. I have very little. I know basically who Paris Hilton is and I have never been one for celebrity worship so having her show up I was just like okay this is this is a little weird I never really followed her I don't really follow any of the celebrities on Twitter I'm just kind of like 
that's a thing that happened and showed up. So it was almost a little out of place for me to suddenly have Paris Hilton in an episode of Supernatural. Well, I specifically liked it because she was playing a pagan god who had to be worshipped. And at one point, Paris Hilton, that would have fit perfectly. Because people were bowing down to Paris Hilton. I guess she had the, like the equivalent nowadays would be one of the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? Are they yes. still a thing? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure okay. they are. All right, I don't know. But I, I don't watch the Kardashians, but I'm sure that they're still a thing. In- okay, I am this out of the loop that when you said I don't watch the Kardashian, I was like, wow, they're more than they're more <laughs> than Instagram. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we also find this season Jesse the Antichrist, <laughs> like, which was I love Jesse because he was just like a normal person, and then suddenly an angel shows up and it's like, yeah, you're the Antichrist. Poor so, <laughs> poor little scarred kid. Basically, they're like, yeah, we have to kill you because you're basically prepping the world for the birth <laughs> of the rise of um lucifer so can't do that (laughs) and then he just vanishes and no one can find him yeah i think that's what bugs me about this is that he shows up for one episode a huge deal is made about him and then he's just gone and even at the end of the season where it would have been important to bring him back or at least pertinent to bring him back he's not there (laughs) i like jesse like as a kid, to find out that you're not only just super powered, you're also the Antichrist. Like, and my outfit would have been better to me if he was like a devout Christian. That would have been adorable. Yes. Like, I, I don't know. I think that would have been the best. If he was like in church every day, like. <laughs> well, that, and it would show some, it would show the importance of the human aspect of him because he's he's half human, half demon, right? Mm-hmm. To be the Antichrist. Yeah, he. Um, it would have shown that the whole point in Supernatural is that humans have free will and they can they can defy the the angelic side or the or the demonic side going on there. They're not bound to either side. They can mm. choose. Mm-hmm. And having him be a devout Christian would have shown that really well. Mm. Uh, we also this season meet Crawley the king of the crossroads and we find out that he has the cult bella didn't actually give the cult to lilith he gave she gave it to crowley to give to lilith and crowley ultimately gives sam and dean the cult on the condition that they kill lucifer because crowley wants his place (laughs) did you like that were you surprised that crowley was just like yeah kill him um, a little okay. When I first saw it, yes, I was very surprised that we have this. I mean, I was suspicious too because suddenly we have another demon that's helping them for a reason. Um, and after you know that happened before, I'm hesitant to trust them. However, I really, really love Crowley. So <laughs> watching it now, I'm just like, yes, Crowley's back. My favorite demon has returned. I never want to say that phrase again. But there we go. <laughs> um. Yeah, I agree. I liked Crowley. He was interesting. He was entertaining. And he was personable in a different way than Meg. But let's slide on over to Lucifer. And Lucifer basically appears and is like, hey, Sam, come to the dark side. We have cookies. Just let me let me take your body for a test drive. 
And it's so interesting that Lucifer has to get Sam to agree. Even though everyone else, he can just let them go. I really like that, actually. That's one of my favorite things about this whole thing is that, hey, guys, the devil needs consent. What is <laughs> well, that for this you? one, for this one, everyone well, he else, he just the other one. Did From, it? Yeah, the other. Oh one yeah, he because he's an angel. Yeah, the, like, that was the catch. He's the angel. Everyone else, all of his underlings and things that he created, don't need consent. Yeah, his um, but you know, the devil needs it. <laughs> what does that tell you? Consent is important and should be followed through with. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um, ultimately, he's just there literally like a devil on Sham's shoulder. <laughs> hey, let me in. Let me let me let me do this. You want to let me in now? <laughs> I really like the portrayal of Lucifer and again, I'm just I'm going to hell. If there's a hell, I'm going to it thanks to Supernatural. So thanks for that. Um, uh but I really like the portrayal of Lucifer in this and even my devout Catholic friend loves Lucifer in this. <laughs> <laughs> so well done supernatural for liking for making us like the devil you've you've accomplished something that i think many people would have been very shocked at yes i'm sure uh we also get michael who is probably the exact opposite of the devil like he he only appears like once or twice and he's like you're just gonna do this anyway then why well, fight it like he's he really feels rapey <laughs> yeah he does and actually that was something that when i was watching it i wanted to bring up was that Michael is like, no, you will consent. And I'm like, wow, dude. And meanwhile, <laughs> Lucifer's, Luc like, don't get me wrong. Lucifer's still another version of rapey, but Michael is, like, going to take you into a back alley and force it on you. And Lucifer is just the guy that begs constantly. So Michael's basically Brock Turner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's and just, of. like, it's so creepy. It's so <laughs> creepy. Uh, that, Yeah. Um, we also have the whole battle, but we're going to get to that in a second. There's this whole big battle, but first I want to go to death. And death basically is this man who's dark, dressed in a dark business suit. He has a long black overcoat and he carries a steel tip cane and is very thin and frail. And He's really old, and I love him because he is so detached from everything. And he even says to Dean, like, Dean's like, this is the apocalypse, blah, 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 blah. And Death goes, you have a very inflated sense of self-importance. To a thing like me, a thing like you, well, I think you would feel, well, think how you would feel if Bacterium sat at your table and started to get snarky with you. I was living for him. I absolutely, again, this is a weird phrase that's about to come out of my <laughs> mouth that is also recorded. I really love death and I really love the portrayal <laughs> of death in Supernatural. They did it very, very, very well. His, um, it wasn't at all what I was expecting. And his appearance down to the, the older man, the really well-dressed suit, uh, all of it, all of it was spot on. And it was something that I never would have thought of. And unlike the other um, horsemen, Death was pretty civil. He had Dean meet him. 
gave him a slice of pizza, basically said this apocalypse is insignificant. There's always going to be another apocalypse. And this is basically just a child who's mad at their parents. And I got caught up in the middle. And he's, um, I think he said he's older than than the angels and he's older than this whole thing going on and he he predates god essentially no he said he doesn't know who's older at this point because they've both been around so long like think about that but he but i love that he said ultimately when god dies i'll reap him too yeah i really liked that i really liked just everything the way the way that went down all of it was wonderful and especially that if i'm remembering this correctly uh that he basically just said yeah here's the ring give it back when you're done Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what exactly what he did. <laughs> and he's like, why would you just give me this? Because I don't care. This is insignificant. <laughs> because ultimately you are people one are still going speck. to die. You are one speck in one universe, in one solar system. You are nothing. Like, and I love that basically he said that. Yeah, he was <laughs> really, really, really cool. And it was really just... I. I can keep saying how well done it was, but, you know, point made. (laughs) Uh, I appreciated this season. And death, like, the introduction of, ugh, I've never loved death more than (laughs) in this series. (laughs) Oh, the quote's out of context for this one. Yes. (laughs) But we also get a glimpse into heaven this season. Well, heaven and hell. And we see the return of the trickster who puts Sam and Dean into a series of TV shows and they have to live through it in attempt to show them that basically they have to accept their role into the scheme of things. And when they finally get out, Sam is like walking away, blah, blah, blah. Dean goes, you're just afraid to stand up to your family. That's the only reason that you're hiding out here. And we find out that the trickster is Gabriel, the fourth archangel. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. All right. Supernatural. That's a twist I wasn't entirely sure I needed, but all right. Agreed. But I think I think that they just like this character so much. They were like, "Here's another role. Here's another role. Here's another role." I agree with that. I will say that the trickster was is such a fun character to have, but I almost like him better as just the trickster instead of as Gabriel the Archangel, who is well, also Gabriel. The Gabriel is a coward, and I think that's the difference. Uh, yeah, I think so too, and I think that I don't know when when you have both of them there, it gets almost into the um, the once upon a time territory where you have the same character playing multiple roles in multiple different scenarios and it's just like well that's just pile it all on one character why don't you <laughs> again I didn't mind this I enjoyed it and I, I think it's because I like the actor but like yeah, you said as the tr- yeah as the trickster he is better but once you see basically it's the mask that you take off at the end of the day once you see that he's really Gabriel and he's just scared of his family having this big fight and having to be involved then you're like oh you're just weak and sad yeah and i don't know i don't know if as gabriel that makes enough sense for me but i guess as gabriel specifically the archangel there i don't know if that makes enough sense for me to him for him to be the trickster as well but 
I mean, well, if you're hiding from your family, it makes sense. If you're trying to hide, the best place now I get to segue into the other thing. The best place to hide is into another (laughs) uh, another section of gods where he becomes the Greek god Loki. I mean, that is a Greek or is it Norse? Norse. Okay, where he becomes the god Loki. So basically, that makes sense as Loki to be a trickster. It does, and I initially thought when when the trickster was first introduced, I initially thought it was supposed to be Loki, and I was like, "Oh, awesome! We have a Norse god! I'm excited!" And I feel like I was a little bit let down that he's not only a trickster, Loki, and now he's also the angel Gabriel. And I'm like, I I I would have liked him just to be Loki. I think. See, I like this because it's like how deep. It's very Inception. If we're being honest, before it was cool. How deep can I go to hide? He basically went into witness protection to hide from his family. Joined a whole nother pantheon. Also, the interesting thing about this was the depiction of the other gods. Who were basically like, we get this young upstart coming along. (laughs) I really liked that. And I really, okay. So, while on the one hand I would have liked him better as just Loki... I think I really do like the idea of having the overlap because you have you have a lot of overlap in religions already. And mm-hmm. so, it, it, you know, speaking either as religions that come in and try to take over other uh, rituals that other religions already have to incorporate them or just the fact that humans alone, hu- you know, humans have a somewhat limited imagination and we're going to follow archetypes and having that overlap kind of really spoke to both of those. And that was really fun for me. I think my major problem with him being Loki would mean ultimately that this Christian version of God is older and more powerful. And I think that even as a Christian, I didn't like that idea. Yeah, because I, I would agree it, with that. I it wasn't, it's not, it's not like Christianity was just the best conquerer. If we're yeah. being honest. <laughs> Like, <laughs> what I was hinting at but didn't want to say, but yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I think it would be a little bit worse as an atheist for you to be like, yeah, you guys suck. You really didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they have their own religion. That's fine. Uh, I think the only thing that, um, like, on that note is that, you know, Christianity is not older than the Norse religion. Right. So. This, Christianity is, like I said, just the best conqueror. And if you didn't believe in us, we will kill you. So which would you like? <laughs> Take that death for two hundred. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm telling you, that is very. Uh, we could get into religion all day, but I love the religious aspects in this show. Yeah, they do it really well. They're very critical. Without being like offensive, they're still very critical. Mm. Whereas I personally enjoy like the line of offensiveness. <laughs> Because Christians definitely need to be brought down a few pegs, if you ask me. As a Christian, don't send me your hate mail. I'm one of you. <laughs> I'm going to stay absolutely silent on this. Uh, <laughs> I do not have the grounds to speak, so. Uh, I am a card-carrying Christian. Um, but, it's I don't know, I think it's funny. And I appreciated the, uh, the other gods. Because I often wondered about that. Yeah, and they're shown... A couple times they reference pagan gods, but they mm-hmm. never, I mean, they give them specifics, but they never say, like, they always demote them a little bit. So to have other yeah. ones say, oh, no, this is just a, this is just a young little guy vying for the throne or something like that. was mm-hmm. It was still, it was good to show that. 
I, but I didn't like that ultimately they were killed by the, the horsemen. Yeah. That I so basically that says that even as strong as you might think you are, you're not as strong as the weakness that I, the, his child created. Or like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, just, that... Um, uh, it bothered me, but... I can't, I can't find the words, but I know what you're... I know what you're getting at that, you know... This god that is younger than you has this son, and his children are the ones that kicked your ass. <laughs> like, and I'm okay. Like, I would have been okay if it was explained like he was supercharged and something, something. Like, if they it gave me more of an explanation on why. But the simple, like, because of course you can be younger and better at some at something. I can accept that. But you didn't even say he was be- the best. And that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think I would have liked it to say that, you know, was, each each religion has its own, like, lifespan, where you have multiple people believing in it at once, and if they had, and they hint at that a few times, where, like, they say, you know, more people believed, and I got more sacrifices then, and now I'm weaker as a result. And mm-hmm. if they had said something like, you know, right now he's more powerful purely because Be- there is more belief in him. Yes. Which, I, if they had said, basically exactly what you just said i would have been like okay that makes sense because his power would trickle down through his line yeah and then it would have you know these gods who are older and arguably stronger in their prime are now out of their prime Mm-hmm. but anyway <laughs> I, I i liked it i enjoyed it and it was pretty good to watch lastly not lastly i'm lying um there were also a few episodes that i liked that i want to talk about specifically and the first one is the curious case of dean winchester where there is a demon in town who is making people gamble away years of their well not making people but people are gambling away years of their life in exchange for potentially gaining years and my thought in this episode was this is stupid the only reason that you would do this is if you were dying or sickly. Yeah. And, like, because people were gambling, like, 50 and 25 years away. Well, and they're, like, 25. Why would you gamble at 25 unless you're already really sick? The only... Dean gambled because he was trying to win Bobby's years back. But I would have been like, okay, Bobby, you're just about to die. Sorry, Bobby, you were trying to get your legs back? That's, uh... That's understandable, and I get that you're suffering with this new change. But uh, I am not going to rescue you for this. Exactly. Like, this was a mistake you made, so... And <laughs> I mean... yeah, circumstances suck, but, you know, you're not dead. You can still be useful to the world. I understand the transition's really hard. And it's not like Bobby was getting laid without the leg. I mean, with legs anyway. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, I mean, not that you can't have sex if you're disabled. I'm sure there's ways... I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw something on the Discovery Channel a while back where people help you have sex. Well, I'm sure it's a thing anyway. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I I'm mean, not, we're, like, we're expert not experts on. on <laughs> yeah. Like, we're not experts on disabled sexuality and sex lives. So, yeah. But still, like, that's not even. His whole issue was he can't hunt anymore. No, but, like, you weren't. You were a librarian, boy. Come on. Yeah. That's what you were doing. And yeah. you're still a librarian. <laughs> Yeah, he wasn't really out in the like he could go. That's the he difference, didn't. right? He but... played the uh, the fake, 
FBI, the fake head of mm-hmm. the FBI every time they called in, or CIA, or whatever government entity they were part of this. He was Giles, if we're being yeah. honest. Yeah. Giles. <laughs> I love like, Giles. <laughs> but, like, you ain't going out in the battlefield. That's not your forte. Yeah, you have the ability, but you're not doing that. Now you just, yeah, you lack the ability, but you're still doing the main thing you excel at anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed this episode, and ultimately they got the years of their life back after they killed the, the wandering warlock. Um, next episode I enjoyed was Swap Meet, where Sam switches bodies with a nerdy teenager named Gary, <laughs> and Gary basically tries to get Dean killed. <laughs> Which is, as a fan of Sam and Dean, you would think that he would be more fanned out and not try to kill somebody who you would, like, like. If you get what I mean. Yeah. I don't know why you would try that. Maybe... I don't know. Want the desire to see them defeated at your hands, I guess? I don't know. Well, no, because he didn't even actively try to kill him. What he did was let the demon get the upper hand and just basically left. Like, what are we doing here? Very helpful. Thank you, Gary. (laughs) Thank you for your input. But ultimately, Dean is safe and Dean does not realize this isn't her his brother, I don't think, until Sam comes up to him and is like, yeah, I'm Sam, blah, 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 in Gary's body. And ultimately, Gary switches places back with him, and Sam is like, yeah, this, um, his life was super boring, blah, 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 when he's in the car with Dean. And Dean, suddenly sentimental, goes all, maybe we just don't know a good life when we see one. No. 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 Dean, you're not allowed to talk like that when you are you were the one dragging other people into it. You cannot talk like that. Exactly. Like, uh, maybe from Sam, I would have been like, yeah, that's very Sam. Dean, your life is hunting. That is everything that you want, need, and desire. Sorry, not sorry. Agreed. Like, I get you're trying to set up for, like, the resolution here, but no. That's that completely, lie. right. It's completely out of his character, and it doesn't fit. Um... Also, we have the Whore of Babylon, who is basically a creature that emerges from hell during the apocalypse and tries to condemn as many souls as possible to eternal punishment by tricking them into committing deadly sins. And let's be very clear, she got this whole town. Oh, yeah. And my thought is, and when I watched this episode, my first thought was, once you realize that's who she is and that's what she's doing, and you've already done this, what kind of life do you live? Because now you're already going to hell. Like, you committed a deadly sin. And even if, like, first of all, I don't understand why these people were going along with it. But I guess because they were, because I was having this conversation uh, with another friend of mine. And she was like, basically, when you wrap it up in church, then people are more willing to believe that God said it, even if it's not. But I don't know because she was basically telling people to kill each other, and she was wild. I know, and I don't, I don't. As you were saying, I don't understand how anybody would be like, "Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. We should do that." Like, because even if you go by basic Bible stories, it's like the only story where God was like, "Yo, kill somebody." He basically at the last minute was like, "Psych." <laughs> so. 
I, I don't know. I don't rem- I, personally, as somebody who's been very churchy, I don't remember any story where God was secondarily telling people to kill each other and didn't say, yeah, I'm just joking though. This was just to test your faith. Which I would be fine if the guy who ultimately is revealed as God did that. I would find that hilarious. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I would too. Like, yeah, this was just to test your faith. Fuck you, dude. <laughs> like that would have been that would have been a huge f you to them, but it also would have been really really fitting for yeah. you know, God. Yeah, like and it would have been hilarious. Like, like by the <laughs> way, just tested ya. <laughs> Here's twenty bucks. Bye. <laughs> you passed, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, because it's so many stories of the Bible where God was just like, yeah, I'm just testing the faith of you. Don't worry, I just wanted to see how you react. This is all a big science product, by the way. I'm bored. I'm bored up here in heaven. Let me go do, Let me go mess the oh, humans that I Oh, created. we're talking about bored. How about the story of Job, where God and the devil were just sitting having a chat one day, and he's like, let me destroy your whole life, Job. <laughs> can we actually have that? I mean, I guess Supernatural <laughs> is basically the story of Job, but can we have that character come up, please? That would be awesome. Especially, like, because as a Christian... I don't know if I would have been able to handle that. Like, he killed his children, took his wife, took his money, all on basically a bet. Like, I bet that this man will curse your name, God. Sure, I'll take that bet. What? What? Yeah, God, sorry, you just lost 20 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) But, I digress. Um, The ultimate finale of the series is Chuck tells... Sam and Dean where the battlefield is. Dean is beaten up by Lucifer. Cassiel gets exploded. Bobby's neck gets snapped. But at the last minute, the Winchester's love saves the day. All thanks Sam to sacri- little soldier <laughs> sitting on the dashboard. Sam sacrifices himself along with Lucifer to the cage. Cassiel is resurrected and more powerful than ever. He heals Dean, brings Bobby back to life. I don't think he fixed his legs, though. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, Castiel goes to heaven to become God, which, um, what? Like, you're an angel, sir. Like, I mean, let's you not. Can, you can try. Like, let, like, you were just killed by Lucifer. Literally. And, um, also, fun fact Raphael basically says, yeah, I don't think that God brought, um, Cassiel back. I think it was Lucifer. Well, it was confirmed by... Was uh, it confirmed was it? this season? I think so. It was confirmed by, um... Who's that guy? It was in heaven. It was, um... Was it Joshua? Oh, no. Joshua said that God doesn't care. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, that's sure what Joshua said, that, said. I was pretty sure it said that, um, God brought Castiel back, but... No. No. Not this season he didn't. This season, Joshua said, God doesn't care. God is not going to help you. Later seasons, Joshua came back and was like, yeah, God's helped out a bit. Blah, 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 blah. But Joshua was very much like, because Joshua, by the way, guys, he talks to God. He basically hears God, and God talks to him sometimes. Sometimes, being the case. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, he's God's imaginary friend. (laughs) Or God is his imaginary friend who just talks to him wherever he is. I don't 
know how if I would want that. Yeah, I don't think so. Especially, you know, as a human, that would be that would be mental institution worthy, I think. Oh, without question. Like, if you ever told anybody that, they would either fill you up with drugs or you would be institutionalized. Yeah. In a heartbeat. It basically, God's like, yeah, having a rough day today. How are things going with you, Joshua? Don't care. <laughs> Don't tell me about your day, but here's how mine's going. <laughs> We've all had that friend. Mm. <laughs> but it's very interesting. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, and ultimately, Castiel goes to heaven, tries to become God. Dane, at the request of Sam, decides to try to live a normal life with Lisa and Ben. Ben is definitely his son. You're oh, not yeah. telling me any differently. Like, like I, I agree with you, one hundred percent. That is, that is Dean's son. Like, and then Lisa's like, no, he's not your son. You're a liar, Lisa. You're yes. a liar. That Don't you lie to my face. Like. That is definitely his son. And I don't know why at the end, especially when they thought this was going to be the end, we couldn't have confirmed that. Mm. Probably because they got renewed. Like, we can't being... say it because then right. he'd just be the absent father that no one wants him to be. Exactly. Like, he'd be his father with Adam. Oh, sorry, guys. Forgot to mention. Adam, Michael decides he doesn't need Dave. He takes over Adam. And even though Adam isn't a perfect fit, he can still test drive Adam. Also, why does Adam agree to be the angel, uh, like an angel body? Well, he was like, okay, am I confused here? Because I think he was taken out of, he was they resurrected they, to Yeah, yeah, they resurrected him in order to, to do it. Right. But my thing is, I'm already dead. What is like, I don't care if the apocalypse happens. Yeah, man, why, why? <laughs> Just, why would you come get me? <laughs> right like I'm already out of commission you dug up my body and came wherever I was just to be like yeah I'm gonna use you to stop the apocalypse my mother's dead I'm probably with my mother chilling my father's dead everyone who I care about is already here I don't understand what Adam's motivation would have been to say yes to that deal I have no idea but anyway <laughs> um Dean is living happily ever after in the garage doing stuff, having a quote-unquote normal life, which to me would be hell for Dean. I agree. I think, um, I don't think Dean could handle it. Right. Mostly like because the monotony. Of... And even, even if he could tolerate the monotony of it, I feel like he would have some sort of supernatural PTSD mm-hmm. where he would, anything that goes bump in the night, he would well, worry Well, he about does, it. ultimately. True, but like I feel like it'd be more magnified than what we see in him. Well, that was just a snapshot. It even um, well, this is next season, so we can get into that a little bit later. But it's just interesting to me that he looks like he fits in because I don't. Dean is not Sam. I could be say I could say yes. Yeah, I could I be agree. swayed, but Dean has never been, nor has he ever wanted this. This is just him trying to do what's best for Sam because Sam said like. There's no way out of this. You can't save me. Blah, 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 blah. Go back to Lisa and the kid who is clearly your son. <laughs> who we will never admit is your son. And live a happy life. Be normal, Dean. Which is basically what Sam told him. 
<sighs> but that anyway. is the life Sam wanted, so I can see Dean and his undying love for his little brother going through with that and being like, well, Sam wants this life. Sam cannot live this life. I, I will do it for both this. of us. Mm -hmm. But, um, Sam, at the end of this episode, we see Sam go to the house where Lisa and Ben are and try to bring back Dean. But he turns and changes his mind. Did you like this? No. I really didn't. <laughs> I I admit that I like Sam better than Dean. But I think the ending with Sam throwing himself into the pit to save the world, one, not only made up for starting the apocalypse, but also eh. was a good resolution to it all. No. So we didn't mm. need more of that. We didn't need him, we don't need him to come back. And yeah, Supernatural probably should have ended here, but look at look at it now. We're going into season fourteen. So I don't think this made up for the apocalypse because Sam was stupid, and just because you learn throughout this, and if you that's like if you start a fire and you die in the fire trying to save people, that doesn't negate that you started it. You're still like, if anything, I think Dean is better because he tried to live not his truth but his brother's truth. And ultimately, he lost everything, even though he tried to make sure Sam survived. Like, it was just ridiculous. See, I but, think the only issue I have with Dean is, I don't know, I, I don't, like, in characterization-wise and plot development-wise and, you know, mistakes made... Yeah, Dean probably has the high. Dean definitely has a high ground here. There's no probability. There's there's no probably there. He has the high ground. I just don't like the way he's portrayed. That's true, but I also don't like like this is it's out of character that he would just be normal, even in that glimpse. Like even in the glimpse, you I think if Dean has a moment to himself, he would probably be freaking out about his life. Yeah, and I feel like not only would he have the supernatural. PTSD, but he would be itching to go back into the field. Mm -hmm. Or he would he secretly would... be hunting at night for something. Like, He'd be I Mr. Don't... Incredible, only with Supernatural and killing demons. Exactly. But I think that is it for season five. Anything else that you want to talk about? Uh, no, I think that covered it. Yeah, well, <laughs> this was a huge season, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Geek Machine. Thank you, Adelaide, for being here with me. Gladly. Um, don't forget to watch our other Supernatural episodes, Doctor Who, and whatever is coming out in the near future. And you can tweet the show at Real OP Tweets. You can tweet me at OP Jasmine. You can tweet Adelaide at OP Eddie. Is there anything else that you want to plug, Adelaide? Nope, that's it. Um, don't forget to check out the website, OpenPowerEntertainment.com. Don't forget to check out our Facebook, same name, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. All of our social medias, because we are epic and we post epic stuff occasionally. <laughs> um, That's about it for today. Bye! Bye!